Greetings, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Space Cowboys, a Roswell, New Mexico podcast hosted here on purefandom.com. I am one of your hosts, Liz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Meg. Hello, I'm Meg. I'm Liz. Hey, it's us. Hi, it's us. We're back again, (laughs) and this week we're bringing you a super, super, super special episode um, instead of doing a full-blown recap, we decided to focus on um, the amazing female-centric episode and chat with showrunner and creator Karina McKenzie. In our chat with her, we really dug into, of course, what Isabel went through, what drove that storyline, um, and why Karina wanted to do it. Uh, we also talked about the sisterhood theme and those interactions between Officer Cameron and Liz. What else did we talk to her about? We talked about the 1947 flashbacks and what we can sort of expect and how long they're going to last. And, you know, talked about, like you said, with Isabel's storyline, she kind of went really deep into where that story came from um, for her and how she went about writing it sort of, you know, creation of it and who she texted because she wasn't really sure and so it's a little behind the scenes on on the conception of that storyline I loved I love that she just really kind of gave it no this is why I wanted to do it um I wasn't sure if I should do it um it just it makes it even more um authentic and real you know that she talks about why they um had uh Lily, of course, the actress that plays Isabel, why they had her in, you know, specific clothes in a specific room, you know, a specific uh, setting. It was just everything was very, very intentional. And it all was in an effort to make sure they honored the storyline that they were doing, that they did. Which I, I loved it. I know you and I have talked about it um, outside of the podcast, but it I felt like it was so well done and so well handled. And I think just getting to hear her talk about why she did it and how she did it and why she did it the way they did just made it, I don't know, more special and more important. Definitely. Before we dive into um, our recording of our interview with Karina, we wanted to make sure that we called out some of the organizations that women in the U.S. specifically have access to you know, should, um, if they're pregnant and if they're searching for resources, uh, Planned Planned Parenthood, of course, is an organization that Meg and I personally both love and are very, very happy to support. Uh, Another one is the National National Network of Abortion Funds. This is a grassroots network building power to remove financial, logistical, cultural, and political barriers to abortion. And another one is the National Abortion Federation, and their website is prochoice.org. Um, abortion funds is, um, oh, it's like a, it's a fancy, it's a fancy link, so we'll put that in the um, blog post. It looks like they had some kind of like Google tracking link on their Instagram, so I'll make sure to put the link in our actual blog post. And then of course, Planned Parenthood is PlannedParenthood.com. Very good. And yeah, we'll include all of that um, in the actual text of our, our article. And so you guys can, you know, check it out. If you just want to learn more, it's a good resource. If you have questions, it's, you know, there's a lot of frequently asked question sections in all of those areas. So definitely check it out. Yep. 
Um, and anything else we want to tell them before we dive, in, dive into this? Um, wash your hands and stay home and wash your- as well. Yeah. And don't forget to drink water because wine is water-based, but you should still definitely drink water. Um, and thanks for listening. Like we, we love that there's something that we can all talk about that's not, you know, COVID-19. So we love that you're here and we love chatting with you. So hit us up on Twitter um, at pure underscore fandom. And we hope you like our interview. We had a lot of fun. It was so much fun. Gosh, you're so right. Like this is something where, you know, like a lot of you, we have, you know, we have jobs, we have kids, we have a lot going on. And Meg, I know I've said this to you a million times, but I cannot begin to tell you how amazing you are. Um, Meg has been pretty much the most supportive person ever outside of my husband, like in terms of everything. Um, And so it's just make sure you guys, you know, reach out to your friends. You don't know how far a text like, hey, how you doing really goes. And if you need one, if you need someone to talk to, tweet us. You know, if you want like a happy gif of Malik's and you're like, hey, pure fandom, I really need this today. I just, I'm getting quarantined out. We'll get them to you. We got all the gifs. Uh, We got all the loves. We're here for you guys. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Hey, listeners. It's Liz and Meg. Hey, guys. And we are joined by Roswell, New Mexico showrunner Karina McKenzie. Hi, guys. And how are you doing? I'm great. I, as we were just saying before, I am uh, quarantined up with my best friends and their kiddo. I'm not by myself, which is nice. Um, a lot of, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm missing a lot of people a lot, but I came out to visit my friends when I thought that this was going to be like a, you know, like a week or like a long, a, a, a sort of a short quarantine thing. So it's kind of funny because it's turned into uh, just, you know, three week vacation almost um but we have we've uh, started the writer's room back up on monday to start working on season three so um we're doing it virtually but it's working out that's awesome and i'm, I'm guessing your dog is enjoying all of this extra time yes my dog is really really loving quarantine i think that when i actually go back to my real life someday eventually hopefully he's just gonna like perish of loneliness um <laughs> But right now he's very happy, and I apologize in advance if you hear him uh, in the background because he like he's just he like walks around like talking to himself now, like he's just he just makes a lot of noise. <laughs> so no worries, um, we can relate well, to that. Yes. Um. Well, we are so happy that you're here to talk to us today about um, episode three of season two, Good Mother. First off, congrats on. I mean, this this is like one of the episodes like once people are going to be talking about for a very long time it was an awesome episode congratulations thank you I appreciate that it was uh it was hard it was hard to write it was hard to shoot it was um hard to get approved (laughs) um but I'm I'm really proud of it so uh you know I'm excited that people seem to respond really well um especially you know it, it feels like Lily has kind of been this sort of like underrated force on our show for a while. And I'm glad to see her getting the um, love and attention that I think she deserves. Yes. It, um, it was just so 
cool to see that this was probably like, you know, the first time maybe ever that Isabel had control over her mind, her body, you know, Noah was controlling her. She didn't have a handle on her powers. And it was just really powerful to see her for once have control over what happens to her and her body. Um, and then on the other end, it was super yeah, I mean, but I, I think that like there's, there's limits to that, right? Like she, she has control, but she's being forced she's she's in a situation where she basically has like in order to to get control in order to have agency over what happens to her she has to do something that she shouldn't have to do she Mm -hmm. has to do something dangerous and um ill-advised certainly um and it almost killed her so you know at the end of the episode certainly she and then moving forward which is really nice she does feel much more like she has agency and like she has made an important decision and, uh, you know, does not regret what, what, yeah, it was, what she it, decided. It was so heartbreaking because, you know, she had nowhere safely to go, go to get this safely done, which of course is something that, you know, a lot of women unfortunately struggle with. Was this a storyline mm-hmm. that you always wanted to tell with Isabel or did it kind of evolve as you guys were in the writer's room? Um, it, no, it didn't involve evolve in the writers' room. It um, it evolved. We were on hiatus last season, and I was in um, I was at my place in Santa Fe. Uh, this guy that I was dating, I I was like literally like on my floor crying about the heart the heartbeat bill uh, that was they were trying to pass in Georgia and various other places at that time. Um, but it was for for me the. I shot the originals in Georgia. Um, Atlanta is like a second home for me. And I was just thinking about all of these women who I love so much um, that I worked with and that I, I, you know, spent so much time with in Atlanta having their, their rights stripped from them. And um, I got really upset. I was literally sobbing. And um, my friend was like, well, we'll write about it. Like, that's what you do. And I was like, I can't tell I was like, I don't want to tell a pregnancy story on my show. And I, then I realized I didn't want to tell, um, I didn't want to tell a, I, I did, I realized I did want to tell this story. Um, and so I, uh, first thing I did was I texted Julie Kleck and I said, what do you think if I tell an alien abortion story? And she just wrote back, do it. And I still wasn't sure. And then I called Lily Coles and I said, I've got this idea. I'm thinking about it. It scares the shit out of me. I think it'll scare the shit out of you too, but let's talk about it. Um, and Lily was, was um, I don't want to say reluctant, but she was like, like anxious about it right away. She was like, I don't know. That feels like, you know, she, she felt very, um, she feels very protective of Isabel. And I think we were already, we knew we were already putting Isabel through a lot of trauma. So the way that we sort of, we sort of agreed to the thing that the thing that was interesting to both Lily and I about telling the story was about telling it as a story of a woman doing something dangerous for the sake of her own empowerment and to come out of this um, with a better, uh, um, a better sense of her own agency, a, a sort of having, having made a triumph in her mind over, over Noah and over the choices that he took from her, because, you know, there's some, there's some reproductive coercion going on in here. There's some, you know, she, she obviously consented to sex with Noah, 
but she consented to sex with Noah without really knowing who he was or what he had been doing. Um, and he did not sexually, but he did use her body to do things that she did not consent to. So there's, there's sort of this like very sci-fi element to the, the, the consent that he did not have. It's hard to sort of relate um, a human experience to, but um, I think that, that, you know, in the end, we're telling a story about a woman who um, has, has been impregnated by somebody who victimized her in many, many ways. And so it is a dark story, but we wanted to lean into the darkness in order to bring her into the light this season. I think that that's what you guys will see moving forward. Well, I yeah. thought it was very, very well done. And, um, you know, as, as women, we, who are also, you know, very, you know, passionate about, um, having other women access to, you know, a safe place to make that decision if they want to. Um, we really liked how, you know, at the end it was stated, you know, had she not had that alien sci-fi connection, you know, she would have died. So that's an, mm -hmm. an important reality. I think it's, that we were happy that you stuck to so people can, you know, really think about that and know that that needs to be changed. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad that that message came across. I was very, very nervous. You know, the, the, the hardest part of getting this story told was getting permission, sort of, to tell it in its ugliness um, and to really sort of, um, you know, make it, make it as force our audience to see how dangerous and how painful it can be. Um, and I, I wanted to make sure that we weren't accidentally telling a story that's like hey guys just poison yourself at home um and everything will be fine in the end because it would not have been fine um if she was uh yeah if she didn't have a dead alien brother who is tuned into isabel radio all of the time right yeah and like you said it, it it's something i think that people will see and not see as an answer but definitely starts conversations and I think I held my breath for a big chunk of that scene because it, it was just so even though it's aliens and it's very sci-fi there's just such a realness about it so yeah again I echo what Liz said it was just so well done and we we really enjoyed it we tried to lean away from the sci-fi in this story because even like like the you know the max hallucination like there was come we obviously wanted we wanted her to I wanted her to have to go through this alone because so many women have to go through this alone. Um, even when you get a medical abortion, it's like they, they give you a pill at the office and then they give you a second pill to go take when you're at home. And then you go through this very painful process, very safe when it's a medical abortion, but it's very painful and you're generally alone and you're home on home and sitting on your bathroom floor and bleeding. And, you know, it's, we wanted to make the experience look human, even in the alien story. Um, that said, having her actually alone on screen didn't, doesn't allow us to have her express all of her feelings. So we came up with this idea that she's, she's not hallucinating Max. She's not having like a, a, a serum-induced hallucination. What we were trying to do was have it be like, she's sort of imagining as a coping mechanism, what would my brother say to me if he was here? The good things and the bad things. Like, what what she knows Max better than anyone. What would he? What would his? Um, 
what would his reaction be if he was here with me right now? Um, and so that's why he's like, he's like in his, you know, undone dress clothes, like he was in the photo that she had just been looking at. Cause it's just like the version of Max that lives on in, in Isabel's mind is, is who she's talking to. So it was an, it was a cool storytelling device, I thought, but it was also a very human thing because I, you know, I think all the time about like, what would so-and-so say if they were here? What would a person that I lost or a person that's not in my life say, what would it feel like if they would just walk through the door right now at this moment when I really, really need somebody to be here? And that was sort of, I thought it was a really cool storytelling device and that Lily and Nathan did a really great job of, of bringing the, the best of Max and Isabel to the screen and also dealing with the tough stuff. Oh yeah, definitely came through and you could feel that bond throughout that whole scene and we loved it. And another um, another big part of that episode that I wanted to talk about was the 1947 story that has really started to unfold and we're getting to kind of meet the characters and the players in that part of the story with Louise and Nora and Tripp and, and um, Bronson. So what can you tell us about the flashback story and how will that tie into the present day? Um, I can tell you that it uh, the story unfolds um, layer by layer because what we're seeing is what our characters in the present day are learning. Um, and so as they learn more, the scenes open up a little bit. Some things are not quite as they appear to be. Um, some things are as they appear to be. We're never lying to the audience with the scene. If you see it on screen, um, it, if, if you see if you see something happen on screen in a flashback, that means it happened. Um, but it might not happen have happened exactly as you're seeing it. You know, we might move the camera angle and show you something that that uh, you know played out a little differently the first time you saw it than the, the next time you saw it. So the flashback story definitely is a huge part of the season. It plays out um, over the course of several episodes. I think. I think about half the episodes this season have flashbacks in them. Um, whether not, they're not all necessarily, they don't all feature all of those characters necessarily. Um, but we really wanted to, um, to find a cool way to get answers to our characters about where they came from and, and you know, what happened to get them into those pods in that cave. Um, and I think we found a really cool way to do it. And we're so lucky that we have an incredible cast uh, to tell those stories. It sort of was felt like I was casting another TV show um, because it's sort of a show within a show. Um, and so we were really like, you know, we had to be, we had to be very mindful of chemistry and, and building relationships there. Um, and I just feel so lucky that Jason Bear and Kayla Ewell and Sister and Regina Mel and guys, Charles, like, like, it's an incredible cast. It's a great group of people. And I'm so thrilled that they agreed to come and play with me on this because they kind of had to trust me because, you know, in the first episode, Kayla and, and cast don't even have any lines. And when you tell an established actress like Kayla Yule, hey, can you come and do this TV show? Um, and the first two episodes that you're in, you don't have any lines. It's sort of like they have to really trust you to agree to that. <laughs> yeah. I um this this isn't a question but more of a comment um first off you got smash williams girl that's just mm -hmm. awesome yeah. 
I can't. I, I, I don't know how to, like, express what it felt like to see his name on the list of people that were even like, coming in to audition. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, he's lovely. He's a, he's a truly just such a gentleman. Um, I, I, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about him. He, he did phenomenal work. And a quick shout out to Kayla Ewell too. We saw on your, um, one of your posts that she did that six weeks after giving birth. And that is mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. I mean, she, she, not only that, but like she thought she shot the nude photo that Michael sees of her, you know, that, that shot where she's all beaten up and, and yeah. unclothed the sort of mug shot that they took of her when they dragged her to Crawfield. She shot that <laughs> six weeks after having a baby. So she, um, again, I just like, I'm so grateful for the trust that, they gave me and the um you know we we made it a very it's very important to me to like make our set a very safe and welcoming and warm space for anybody um that's putting themselves in a vulnerable place but like it was just when I when Kayla called me Kayla's a a really good friend of mine in, in real life and when she called me she called me back in March um uh around this time last year to to tell me um, that that she was pregnant and I was so excited for her as her friend. And then suddenly I was like, oh, fuck, what does this mean for my plan for my show? <laughs> and um, she was like, no, you know, like it should, it should line up. And I was like, oh, I don't know if you know what I'm about to ask you to do. <laughs> um, and so we were very much like, okay, we can, you know, we, we had plans to use doubles and dial things back and, you know, maybe not have her, have her, ask her to strip naked, cover herself, you know, cover her in, in violent injuries and take a photo, but she was game to do all of it because our set is a really safe space. And because, you know, we, we go every extra mile to make sure that she feels comfortable. Um, and, and, you know, it was lovely. It was really nice having her on set. It was really nice having her daughter Poppy on set. Um, you know, you know, hard days and it's nice to have a, a baby cuddle you for a second <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was very, proud of her. very very proud of her oh that's amazing um well I know we don't have too much time left but continuing on the theme of just badass females um we wanted to ask and talk about the um the sisterhood theme in season two and how cool it was to see that trickle into the non-related characters in the show like with Jenna and Liz. It was so awesome to see them not fight over a boy and just really understand each other and see each other's perspective. Well, this opened up doors for more of Jenna in the series, like possibly her sister entering the picture since she's talked about. Um, yeah. So Jenna, Cam- I, I call her, I'm going to call her Cameron because that's the, the way she is in the head. Um, Cameron, uh, ever since the sort of the beginning of the show has been, very um very clear that that her relationship with her sister is very complicated um you know when uh jesse mains is trying to blackmail her into helping him and and you know successfully blackmails him her into helping him she betrays max a bit in season one um in order to protect her sister charlie and there is some mystery to uh 
to where Charlie is, Cameron did not come to town uh, for Max Evans. She, um, she's moving on from her, her relationship with him. She knows that you know, she, when she left town, she knew very, very well that he was in love with somebody else and that she was going to have to find a way to move on. Um, and so she was coming back to town for her own reasons, which we'll reveal in next week's episode. Um, but she sort of got sidelined by, uh, oh, hold on, my ex slash partner is dead. Um, mm-hmm. Let me let me do a little looking into that. Um, and so, yeah, she, uh, you know, she wasn't coming back to steal Liz's man. So we figured, why would we have Liz react like that? Um, I think that there was something really, it was very important to me that um, those two women are not fighting over Max. Max is not a uh, like a, a toy that they have to share on the playground. He's he he's made his choices. He's made some mistakes with both of them, um, and it was nice to to be able to see. I think that the the important most important thing was to give Liz somebody that she could speak honestly to about how she really feels about the way that Max died. Um, because she's very angry at him and she hasn't had the opportunity to express that because she is surrounded by his family that's grieving him. Like she can't, she can't sit and tell, or she felt that she couldn't sit and tell Isabel. I'm so pissed at him for making this decision without including me because Isabel lost everything all at once. Isabel lost her, what her image of what she thought her life was for the last 10 years she lost her husband, who, you know, she loved a version of him, and she lost her brother, who's the most important thing in the world for her, and she didn't get anything out of that deal. Liz got something out of it. Liz got her sister back. Liz got a miracle, and so it's hard for Liz to, to express any anything to Isabel that that, you know, she doesn't want to compare her grief to Isabel's grief, um, but she can compare her grief to Cameron. She and Cameron can speak honestly about the fact that Max was not, was not a perfect person and that, you know, when somebody passes away, there's this sense of like, of like now they have to be elevated to martyr status and they, Liz and Cam were able to sort of connect over the fact that like, no, Max is a dick sometimes and he fucked up sometimes and he made a mistake. And he made a mistake, not in bringing Rosa back to life, but in doing it alone. And, you know, in, in making that choice by himself. Um, and I think it was nice to, it was nice to hear those feelings and have them feel valid. I think a lot of the, a lot of the episode for me was about women's feelings sometimes aren't that pretty, but that, but they're valid anyway. You know, Maria's anger um, at her friends for not, being honest with her isn't pretty, but it's, it's valid. It's her truth. Um, and it was important to me to let all the, let all the women in the episode express themselves um, without sort of judging them, without the show judging them for, for the way that they were expressing themselves. I'm stealing that, by the way. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> And I think one of my favorite, I, mean, I loved a lot of this episode, we think in the Jenna and Cameron, as you call her, I usually call her Cam, um, the scene where she, they say they recognize we're different kinds of smart. I was like, you know, I wish like that was just 
a theme running through every show that women can be different kinds of smart and still be, you know, respectful and on the same level. And I just thought that was a great scene. I agree. Well, um, we'll see. Liz and Cameron's friendship continues. Um, they've they've bonded now, and and their friendship will continue through the rest of the season. And we do see, um, you know, moments in which Cameron's kind of smart really comes in handy. I mean, it did at the end of the episode. It was really good that one of them was able to drive um, to come <laughs> and save save Isabel's life. Um, but also, I think that later on we'll see that you know um, Cameron has certain kinds of savvy that Liz doesn't have too. Um, and, and Cameron and Liz are both capable of saving the day, just always in very, very different ways. That's awesome. Well, we can't wait to see what happens the rest of the season. We're already so invested in all of these new storylines that are starting to unfold. And we just want to thank you for coming on and chatting with us. We love you here at Space Cowboys Podcast, and we're really excited to see what happens. Thank you for always welcoming me back. It's always been fun. Yeah, we're gonna have to make you a co-host, I think, at this point. All <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I've got I've got some extra time on my hands these days, so uh, <laughs> yeah. Anything. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, holy smokes, that was an amazing interview. It really was, and you know. As much as I want to talk about that interview, I think that we need to talk about a very important thing that has come up in the course of this podcast. It's that you, Liz, you, you don't pronounce it correctly, and it breaks Actually, my heart. No, I pronounce GIFs correctly because the creator of GIF calls it GIF. People started calling it GIFs. It's a GIF. It's a GIF, Liz. It's a GIF. Isn't it saying the G stands for graphic? I know that's why people are telling the like creator of gifs that he's silly because that's not phonetically correct. But now I'm just stuck on it and I can't, I mean, I can't go back. I've been calling it that since I met Eric when he forced me into saying it that way. Well, I mean, I support you as previously stated in all aspects of life and I love you with my whole soul. But what? you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> what? That's okay. Thanks. That's okay. Thanks. But like you know, everyone tweet us about that too. Like throw that in there. Yeah. We'd love to hear your your quarantine-based arguments about GIF versus GIF and why I'm right. You can just tell us why I'm right. But yeah. we really would like to hear it um, because you know what else do we have to do right now? <laughs> um, I know that. Uh, the, we had a couple highlights from our interview, like a couple quotes in particular. Was there anything you wanted to just be like, oh my gosh, that was so amazing? Honestly, you completely distracted me from everything that just happened because of that. Um, but I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think the best thing that came out of, for me, um, and we can definitely put this in the article, is when she spoke about women's feelings yeah. and how they're they're sometimes messy and how authentic everything felt in that episode and I I really liked that quote from her women's feelings sometimes aren't that pretty but they're valid anyways right put that shit on a shirt I will wear it till the day I die which hopefully won't be soon wash your hands everyone wash your hands everyone um it's just 
you're right. It was just so amazing. Um, they I just love the intention of how she was saying they made every experience very human, you know, even like, you know, like obviously when she miscarried the puking, you know, mm-hmm. um, being alone and Meg, you and I have talked about this a lot. We loved how they made a point to say in the episode, um, you know, had she not, had this not be a a science fiction show and she had an alien connection to her twin brother, you know, she would have died. Right. Because a lot of women go through this alone. Right. But she had, she had a literal lifeline in her, what we thought was just a hallucination, but it was a psychic connection. Mm Mm-hmm which was very interesting. And like, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that went on in this episode. Um, we did focus a lot on Isabel's story because it deserved our focus. And it was, it was very important episode that we want to talk about, but there's a lot of other little things, you know, the Maliks and the Maria, and we'll definitely get into all of that next week too, but you can definitely tweet us your thoughts on that. Yeah. Maybe we should do just like a Twitter roundup before the episode or something before this Monday's episode. Like, Hey, what'd you think about, you know, Maliks and all the other fun stuff? Let's just chat it out, guys. We are here to talk to you about cowboys and aliens all the time and probably wine. <laughs> always, always wine. <laughs> oh, and quick shout out to, to um, the co-writer of the show, Deirdre Mangan, because it was just a wonderful episode. And I, you know, love that it was written by two women. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So shout out to her as well. Uh, and yeah, that was just, that was super, super fun. If there's someone that you guys want us to interview next if you're like oh my gosh you have to interview this person tweet us and let us know and we'll try to get that interview for you we have interviewed Lamis. that's an awesome interview uh half the time we talk about being from the midwest and curly hair but i mean it's still relevant so mm-hmm. go check that out on our itunes or soundcloud page or of course all of them are on purefandom.com in the space cowboys podcast section of the websites and oh and i found that that um i tracked down that uh website uh for national network of abortion funds it is abortionfunds.org of course we will still put that in the post but i looked that up for you guys because you're awesome well i just realized i was looking at the link wrong i just you know it's it's been a long couple weeks okay liz i don't think anyone's i know (laughs) okay we're trying over here it's okay Um, All right. Well, I love you, boo-boo. And I'm so glad to do this with you. And I'm very, very excited for this Monday's episode. Like I I need it. I need, I actually want the weekend to be over. So we have the episode. Also, I don't know what weekends are anymore. Right. We're just in one really, really long weekend. That won't end. It won't end. Like Vegas or New Orleans for more than three nights. Like we've been there for, I feel like we've been in New Orleans for a week. And I love New Orleans. Like I would move to New Orleans, but I mean, if you're like visiting New Orleans and like staying on bourbon, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at right now. Same. And I feel like you're right. Like I want, I wish the weekend away so that I can get to Monday so that I can get to Roswell. Like Mm -hmm. I love it because time is nothing and means nothing anymore. So (laughs) you can wish away a Saturday because guess what? It's going to be Tuesday and it's going to feel like a Saturday and it's bye. I think I'm going to come out of this having drank more than I have ever drank in, you know, two months total in my life, but I'm, I don't feel bad about it. 
you know, you, just as long as you are drinking some water and washing your hands and staying that up at home, do what you got to do. Eat that extra chocolate. Drink that extra glass of wine. Rewatch the episode three times during the week. It's fine. No judgment here. What else do you have to do? I mean, exactly. take emergency too. I've been taking my emergency. Um, oh, the little mixed stuff? Yeah, I take like an emergency a day. Um, you know, I have like, rem- I actually set reminders to drink water just to be like, okay, let's, let's get going. Because I also have allergies. So like my, and you know, being where we are now in the Midwest, spring is coming. There's all this pollen. All my neighbors have these beautiful dogwood trees, but the pollen is like, it's insane. Like you can actually see it on the house and it's only the beginning. So I'm, you know, getting paranoid. Like, oh my God, is that a, (laughs) you probably just want to touch your face like all day. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Yep. Yep. That's great. I love how we got a little medical. See, there was no doctor. Dr. Kyle was not in this episode. So we're bringing you like your medical advice of drink water and, and wine, I guess, and stay home. There Way you go. Circle. Way to bring that full circle, girl. Okay. Sorry, we'll let you guys go. I could, I could talk about my, my dogwood. You don't want to do, let's do a three-hour podcast because we're all stuck here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the interview. Thank you for watching the episode. Make sure you tune in next week on Monday, whatever day it is. I don't know what is time. And wash your hands and stay home. We love you. Stay safe. Kisses.